Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Priest. <clears throat> this is Keys of the Kingdom Bible Study Group. We're going to talk about today law and the absence of checks and balances. And I'm going to start by giving out a serious warning and a heads up before I do that. Shalom, brother. E.K., how are you? Shalom, brother. I'm all, all is well, brother. How about yourself? I'm decent, brother. <laughs> Still trying to work on my voice. Um, I guess I should be gargling, but, you know. I do so much work that um, sometimes that slip, slips my mind. <clears throat> Nonetheless, uh, Brother E.K., have you seen anything about this impeachment um, that's going on, impeachment hearings to determine whether or not he could be impeached? Um, I hear it in passing, like, in the news, like, in the morning when I'm getting ready to go to work, like I'll hear new updates and stuff. I did hear when he was given a press conference in London with the prime minister of, 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 I believe with Canada, the prime minister of Canada about how, you know, the Democrats are like on this witch hunt again and trying to make it a bigger deal than it is or something like that. But it's really, it's really interesting. And then on top of that, there was a new development that came out about a key individual that has a lot to, uh, I guess, shed light on the dealings of Donald Trump um, in terms of what he's been doing in, with his presidency in relation to the Ukraine. And then also heard about um, new evidence that was unveiled about the Dutch bank, the douche bank that I guess he had some of his financial ties to have been ordered to release some of his records by the court. So um, so I think that's something that I've been hearing. Um, but other than just whether or not he's actually should be impeached, I mean, it just it, it, it's, it varies because, you know, one thing you hear, one minute you hear something from the Democrats, one minute you hear something from him, and then new witnesses are coming forward, new testimonies and stuff. But I have not heard individual testimonies. I've just been hearing like a summary of what's been going on as far as those developments. Well, I asked you because of what you do um, on a daily basis. And I wanted to know if you were hearing things around you. <clears throat> Um, all as well, but everybody that's listening to this, please hear me good when I'm about to speak on gingerly and is very relative to the topic. Today, there were four professors of law that testified 
three of them were invited by the, the Democrats. One of them was invited by the Republicans. All three of the Democrats, or the ones that the Democrats uh, invited, stood on the same accord. Question being, was there abuse of power in Donald Trump's attempt to uncover, have a foreign government uncover things pertaining to the Bidens and also just other things in general for them to interfere and intervene in this his election. One of the professors, I, I think Harvard, Stanford, oh, the best schools, okay, the best schools. The one that was invited by the Republicans, this professor, ironically and conveniently, worked at George Washington University. <laughs> now, do you see an angle in that, brother? <laughs> George Washington University, yeah. It's an interesting take because of who the said first president of the United States was, and he's a professor of law there. Very interesting. Very interesting. Don't believe for a moment that that was a coincidence. <laughs> Everyone, you got to understand. Um, let me say this. When, when I'm discussing this, think about who you are in America. Think about how you are treated according to the laws of America. Think about this. So what they do, I, I would liken it unto a pre-trial. So this is basically a pre-trial. This is basically to determine if there's enough evidence to take Donald Trump to a court or, well, you know, um, impeachment by the law. So imagine if you were called down to a court hearing or a a pre-trial, uh, not not a pre-trial, um, a deposition. That's a better way to look at it. A deposition. Imagine if you are called to a deposition, but you refuse to go. Imagine if in, in this deposition, <clears throat> the people around you are subpoenaed and you tell them not to go. Now, deposition doesn't incriminate you if you don't show up, but it says something 
that you gotta look from a look at it from a broader perspective. Shalom is at you, brother Mr. Lynn. Is it you, sir? Shalom, I'll come here. Okay. <clears throat> so imagine you don't show up to the deposition. Now, what does that say in defense of you? That you order the people around you not to show up, even if you're subpoenaed. What does that say, Brother E.K.? What do you think that says about you? Shalom, brother. Yeah, um, it almost shows an unspoken uh, confession and admission of guilt. And in a lot of ways, if you look at it, it's almost like they're pleading the fifth where in without explicitly stating that they're guilty, it's presumed that they are without trying to um, denounce the quote unquote allegations against them. So the fact that they don't show up in fact that if I was in that situation, I don't show up and I tell other people around me not to show up. I'm essentially presuming that I'm guilty of whatever it is that's going on. Yes, yes, very much so. That's what it looks like. Now, I'm going to make this a little more personal. Let's see if you can get it, brothers. Let's say you're called to a deposition, which a deposition basically can be done by a notary. Usually they're done by notaries. They could be done by attorneys. So a notary has a similar power to that of a judge when it comes because they can do depositions, which is basically a non-judicial court case. That's what a deposition is. It can be done at any time. Usually it's done when there's a court case involved. Okay. Bill Cosby did a deposition. In his deposition, he said, yeah, I, I gave these women this stuff. Yeah, I did. I was cheating on my wife. I didn't want her to know also, but I did, you know, we, we all were taking Spanish fly and stuff back then. We used to do that. It was, it was commonplace for men to drug women back then. He said this in his deposition. Anyhow, you have called to a deposition. You are accused of bestiality, <laughs> sleeping with, having sex with animals, and you refuse to go. Brother Minister um, Liam, what does that, what do you think, of, what does that say about you? Because I can see both sides, but what do you think? Oh, shalom. Uh, um, <laughs> well, you know, the first thing I would say is, and and this is just because because of um, the awareness that we've been reintroduced to um, when we've had the uh, you know this yoke of ignorance pulled up off of us by coming back to this truth. The scriptures um, say first and foremost 
to refrain from the very appearance of evil. So it, it could be that you're not even, you know, doing anything that's unjust or, or wicked or, you know, something of that uh, something of that nature. But if you even look like it, you know, that's enough to, you know, in some ways um, self-incriminate. And so, you know, just in, in, you know, listening to, you know, what you're, you know, what you're, what you're trying to express, this, this, uh, the sentiment that you're trying to express by not being um, agreeable, you know, to going into uh, this, this public forum to uh, settle, you know, said controversy, it gives the appearance that, I mean, you're, you're a fraud. That's about as plain as I can say it. It gives the, the uh, you know, it gives off the idea that, um, you know, because we know that, you know, in dealing with uh, dealing with the courts, you know, it's, it's basically an arena where truth and falsehood um, duel. So if you're not willing to even, you know, sacrifice, you know, if for nothing more than, you know, your 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 name, you know, and integrity. If you're not willing to defend yourself, I mean, again, um, you know, he who does not, and I, and I, I don't, I'm, I think I'm paraphrasing this, but uh, you know, basically, if you don't defend it, you admit. And you know, that, that, those are my thoughts, brother. I yield. Yes, sir. So you gotta, you have an obligation to tell the truth and you got to do it at all times but listen EK what do you see if you're accused of bestiality and, or, or if somebody is accused if you're accused how would you deal with it and there's only a deposition. It's not going to make or break you as far as it's not going to sentence you in law. But it does support. Excuse me, that that's my consort. Um, it does support. You know what I'm saying. What are your thoughts, brother? Yes, sir. Um, well, basically, since it's... Uh... Since I'm essentially being accused of whatever it is that I'm being accused of, in this case, say, for example, bestiality. So essentially, the opposing party already drafted an affidavit of their perceived truth of the matter, and they're bringing it to this deposition in trying to get a hearing of whether or not this is actually, in fact, true. And if I don't rebut that affidavit, then to Brother Lynn's earlier point, then it would stand as truth that in fact, I am in fact presuming that I am guilty of that notion of being a bestial, so to speak. But if I rebut it and denounce the claims point by point, then I'm actually putting the onus on the quote unquote uh, plaintiff in this case, those who are bringing this allegation against me, the burden back on them to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am in fact, um, am 
acting in that capacity. So it's really a, a matter of um, if these things are being accused of, you're being accused of these things, it's better that you show up and defend your name to the best of your knowledge and ability. So that way you're not unnecessarily admitting to guilt for by any means, for, for whatever the reason is. It's just like um, in modern terms, in, in modern day terms, modern day times, excuse me, um, a creditor may have given you, given someone a loan and the loan has, hasn't been paid back for X amount of days according to the contract. Um, and then you don't show up to the hearing to hear your side as to why you couldn't pay. The judge would would deem, would deem that case in terms of what you're doing as a default. So you basically defaulted because you didn't show up, you didn't provide your side of the story. And so now the duel of determining what, what is the truth and what can be settled didn't have the opportunity to play out. So, but in this case, if you did show up, then you're able to rebut the affidavit that was against you with your own facts and your own evidence that you also discovered to ensure that you was also doing your due diligence on that behalf. So in this case, if in this deposition, if you don't show up with your own facts to prove beyond your own shadow of a doubt that's bringing these allegations against you, then, you know, you're automatically presuming guilt if you don't do so. And then it's basically trying to clear your name and the allegations that are associated with you. So it's always best to, you know, lack for a better phrase, speak up and denounce the claims if it is not factual. And that brother, you. Yes. Yes. Now, a foolish mind might say, man, it's not like that's, that's not real court. It's just a deposition. You know, it's not that serious. And I can see people thinking that way and just brushing it off. But let me make this clear. Every chance you get to rebut something that you are accused of, and you do it that you're accused of where there's a public record of it, so like a deposition would be a public record, you must take that opportunity to do that. If you are innocent, you must take that opportunity to do that. If you are not guilty, you must take that opportunity to do that. Today we're talking about the law or law in general and the absence of checks and balances. So law is one thing that is supposed to bring checks and balances to life. Where there is no law, there is no checks and balances that a people or a body goes by, there can only be an anarchy. So what you're seeing in America, which I'm going to speak about this serious warning that I'm going to send out, but what you're seeing in America with the with the, the impeachment hearings on Donald Trump is the built-in system of checks and balances. Brother Liam, what do you got on that? Shalom, 
much. Uh-oh. Yeah, definitely. I, I see. Um, but I can just say just from my perspective, um, you know, just looking at some of the things that, you know, have has gone on, uh, particularly in the past where, um, let's just say, for example, it, clearly there's a set of rules that uh, the elite, the Fed elites are operating based on that, you know, the common folks and the, the quote-unquote middle class, um, you know, are, are unaware of. Well, you know, because of that, because there, there's been um, little light, you know, up until like more recent times, say the last, uh, last couple of decades, um, there's been little light, you know, shed on, you know, what was going on, you know, particu- particularly in governmental and uh, commercial circles. You know, there's been a lot of uh, unsavory behavior, fraud, um, you know, basically just uh, improper conduct. And I think, you know, what you're seeing now is a turning of the tide in the sense that where there was a protected class because, um, you know, there there was a a class that was privy to information that, say, the masses were not, um, you know, they used that to sort of maintain the power structure. Well, to me, it almost seems like there's a... um, a disintegration of that because anybody can get it. And when I say, you know, can get it, say anybody can be subject to inquiry. Anybody can be prosecuted. Um, you look at, you know, particularly what's going on with um, with Donald Trump. Well, well I, let me say this first. So I knew that there was change afoot when they started actually trying and convicting judges. I mean, that was something that you know, you had never heard of, you know, until the last couple of years where they got judges actually um, going to jail now for, you know, malpractice. Well, to me, it almost seems like they're trying to basically just reset the expectations, um, you know, from a standpoint of, of truth, you know, truth in, truth in lending, truth in commerce, just, just maybe – a uh, an offset to the declining um, faith that the the people have in these people's ability to govern, and you know um, Trump, you know for better or, or worse, and I think he's the uh, he's the target, you know, which sends a message that you know he he he's the head of this uh, of this uh, Fed corporation. And that sends a message that, you know, if, if he can be put under the scrutiny, you know, if he can be taken out of office and uh, made to answer for um, his misconduct, you know, then anybody can, 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 uh, anybody can be affected by that same fate. So, you know, like I said, for me, um, you know, I just see it as a means to, to, you know, maybe shore up the illusion that you can have faith in this, in this governmental system. Uh, because there's so many, uh, I would say, competing uh, societies uh, being, being uh, you know, growing, co- coming up overnight, you know, and they're using social media and technology and, uh, you know, things of that nature to, uh, you know, erect these, you know, in, in a, I guess in like a, a soft sense, these nations. But eventually when, when people find unity in their, their social construct, 
um, you know, generally you tend to want more. So, you know, it, that, that could expand to, you know, there actually being um, more of like a, uh, you know, a presence on this land, much like the, the Native Americans do on the reservations and the Amish do. So um, just in, interesting times, brother. I yield. Thank you for that, sir. Yes, very interesting times. The tides are turning. You all better be, keep your eyes open. Before there becomes the, the destruction, the scripture says, come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins or receive of her plagues. It is talking about the mystery Babylon. The mystery Babylon is the daughter of Babylon, the modern day daughter of Babylon, which is a country born of a mother country. What country do you know that was born of a mother country? The United States of America. So the scriptures are talking about this mystery Babylon. You are to come out of her. First, spiritually, mentally, socially, and all of that, come out of her. Because you can't really, it's like having the chain around the, the or a rope around a, a little wooden post around the leg of an elephant. The elephant does not mentally comprehend that it can snap that little rope at any time. That's where you are. You, those of you, particularly in the North, Central, South Americas, but spread it out throughout the four quarters of the earth. You don't understand yet the power in the laws of the Most High Almighty being enforced for and on the record. Now, as I'm explaining a deposition, I'm saying to you that when you write and put things in writing on public record, Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, the yesterday of 2,000 years ago, it was exactly the same. 5,000 years ago, it was exactly the same. When you put it on public record, you don't understand the power that you unleash. It is just like a deposition. But in this case, <clears throat> it's unilateral. But it's just like a deposition. You don't respond to it, which you haven't, <laughs> meaning you haven't responded in law to who you are, to what you are, to what your status and the body of law that you live your life by. You have nothing stating that. You have nothing stating. Don't just do it just because I'm saying do it. You got to learn what you're doing. The first stage is to get your conduct right. Once you get your conduct corrected, you don't have to deal with them in law, you know, anyway. That's without even putting anything on paper. You don't have to get traffic tickets. You don't have to have conflicts and mortgages and credit cards, so on and so forth. You can just go live your life, be a, a righteous being. However, as we're talking here, 
If you choose to not show up to a deposition, which, you know, is one thing, but to encourage others to ignore subpoenas. A subpoena is like a mandate to bring your behind or this evidence down to this this deposition deposition or hearing or trial or so on and so forth. Because let me just explain why that's important, why you should never turn down a deposition when you know you are not guilty, when you are innocent, you better show up. Because essentially, although it's not an actual court case, because it is a a recording, it's being recorded, it could be videotaped. Um, go back and look. I'm a big boxing fan. Go back and look at the deposition of Shane Mosley, Sugar Shane Mosley. They deposed him on um, whether or not he was using, you know, foreign substances while he was boxing and whether or not he knew it. Depositions can be turned into power moves in law. Once you are deposed, if you ignore it, matter of fact, I read it on on a podcast years ago. I'm going to go into the scripture and read it. Read what happened to one of our kings when he was deposed. (laughs) He, He ignored it. And I'm saying the same thing that happened thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, will happen to you. Daniel 5 and 20, but when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. So the point is, you can be deposed. uh, 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 Being deposed is likened in this situation to an administrative process in law. You know, just like how you you fail to pay that that mortgage or that car note or you if you fail to pay pay a bill um they send you three notices they send you a final notice you know um well opportunity to cure a final notice then they take action okay that's that's an administrative process if you know how to do it properly you can do it to mortgage companies because they do it to you. You can do it to the gas company, the water company, because they do it to you. You can do it to anybody. And if they don't respond properly, now you have what they call acquiescence. Okay? So now, if you go, acquiescence is you didn't rebut anything, like brother was telling you. You didn't rebut anything point by point, so you must be, it's it's like a default judgment. You must be guilty. So now I take that deposition that I did through, through an administrative process on anybody or any company or anything, and I can remove them from office if necessary. I can remove them from here, one of our kings removed from the throne. Anyway, Donald Trump has these hearings going on based on whether or not 
he should be brought up for impeachment. Now, we know Bill Clinton was it was actively impeached. He was impeached, but he stayed in office. So you can be impeached and stay in office, but if you actually committed these crimes of treason or against the country, now they got to remove you from office. So what uh, Richard Nixon did was he resigned before they even got him because he knew he was wrong. He knew that he, they had all the stuff against him. Bill Clinton knew he was guilty, but he went through his deposition. He went through his, um, excuse me, his impeachment trial, and he cooperated in every single way because he knew what they really had him on was adultery, which they weren't going to remove him from office on. That was the biggest thing was the adultery and the lie that he told that he didn't mess around with that girl. Anyhow, Donald Trump has refused to cooperate with the Democrats. Now, as I've stated, if you look at it from one way, oh, that's nothing. I ain't, I'm not going to even deal with that. But he has told the the the. Uh, Prime witnesses do not go to those hearings, even by subpoenas. Now, if you ignore a subpoena, you you can you're eligible to go to jail. So what this is saying, what Donald Trump is this sending the message out of, hey, I'm above the law. He said something on the lines of, was it the Second Amendment or, or something like that? He actually said out of his mouth, as president, I can do whatever I want. Now, the checks and balances of impeachment are placed in the government for crimes of a president. Now, for you to say you can do whatever you want, you refuse to come to this, these hearings. You refuse to let those people that work in your cabinet, in your party, you don't want them going. So you're blocking all of that. On the flip side, now I'm not saying I'm for Democrats or, or, or Republicans. Personally, I'm not saying that. I'm just stating the facts. I'm not trying to sway your mind. You make up your own mind. But I want you to hear this warning that, I, that I'm coming out. So, this man has openly stated that he is above the law. Remember when he was when he was um, running for president? He said he could shoot somebody and still get all the votes. He could kill somebody. Look at what's in his mind. Look at what's in his mind. He's blocking the he's blocking the entire White House from distributing um, documents or anything to these hearings. He doesn't want anything to go to these hearings. Nothing. No papers. No documents. Nothing. If it's me, and this is me being brought to an impeachment. Because of some bestiality, 
I'm going right down there and I'm standing up from day one. I want to encourage you to always have a paper trail of truth. Always respond to everything that comes at you in writing. You doesn't have to be all fancy and elaborate. Just has to get to the point. So next. Brother, brothers, all brothers that are listening to this today in the future or whenever. What if you were accused of being a homosexual and you were called out to a deposition? Brother Minister, what are your thoughts on that? Mr. Lynn. Oh, Shalom. Shalom. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would, in a situation like that, you know, I would look to, um, you know, because it's one thing to be um, tried in the court of, of public opinion. It's something completely different to actually be um, tried in a court because, you know, a a claim in and of itself, I mean, depending on who you are, it, it, it may be damaging. It, it may not be. But, you know, if it's something that can be, um, you know, if it's if it's I say I would say any situation where um, where there was some damage that was done, like I mean, me personally, I don't know that. Okay, so somebody called me a homosexual. I, I don't really know if if I care to even defend that. I mean, it's like okay, well, I, you know, I, I mean have some unsavory opinions about you as well, um, you know, but, you know, if it's something that is, like, like in, in the case of Donald Trump, his claims actually are relevant to his ability to be able to discharge the duties of his office. That's why I think that's a, that's a bigger deal. I mean, if you're you know, just Joe Blow walking down the street and somebody says, you know, hey, you know, whatever, you know, I I, I don't know that you even give that the time of day. But, you know, I could be wrong, but that those are just my thoughts on that, Brother Yeah. Thank you, sir. I'm saying this is a deposition. This is law. Even on the record books today, most people do not know that bestiality and homosexuality well sodomy is illegal there are certain sex acts people don't even know this <laughs> there are certain sex acts that are illegal you you might know statutory rape everybody knows that but how many people know that right now on this very day in 2019, on the record books, sodomy is illegal. Bestiality is illegal. Somebody sent me on Facebook <laughs> a video of a man, Caucasian man. This is a joke on Popeye's chicken. This video of this man having trying to have sex with a chicken. 
anyway, <laughs> that's a side note. But anyway, EK is punishable by death, according to the scriptures. If you are accused of sodomy, it's punishable by death, and you receive a, de a deposition claiming that you are a homosexual and you are committing sodomy. Now, if you're the other part of the homosexual where you just receive it, you're just as guilty, but this is someone accusing you of committing sodomy. How do you handle that? Oh, brother. Yeah, the same way um, I rebut the affidavit, uh, because if I know I'm innocent of those claims, I'm going to make sure that that's reflected on the record, because in the deposition, I want that to be in my favor going forward. So any evidence that could presumably go to trial in the future, there's a paper trail that records that my testimony of truth is in my favor rather than the individual or individuals that are trying to put that claim on me. It exempts me from um, receiving the, uh, the death penalty because if I'm innocent, then I don't need to be uh, presumed under those circumstances because I didn't breach uh, a contract in nature, so to speak. So, because when you, you know, obviously when you breach a contract, it produces a debt. So, if there's a unlawful, if if there's a debt that I'm being accused of breaching, I would want to first validate if that debt is actually valid. So that's that whole administrative process of validating that debt, like proof falling on the record without beyond a shadow of a doubt that these claims are in fact true under the pains and penalties of perjury. And if so, where's the evidence to show that? Where's the paper trail? Where's the recordings? Where's the conversations? Where's all these different things that shows that I'm in that, I'm being, that I'm warranted of that claim uh, or that accusation rather. So I would, obviously you know make sure that i have my own uh evidence to disprove those claims and make sure that i'm not being held uh uh accountable for something that i know i did not do or know that i'm not subscribing to so that's how i would handle it handle it brother and i yield <coughs> excuse me <coughs> thank you sir um i'm a little older than both of you <laughs> And um, in my day, when I was younger, you could not you could not accuse anybody of being a homosexual. We used other words to describe that when we were younger, back in the seventies and the eighties. When I was in, you know, and before puberty, you know, um we would take that really seriously to where we would want to go to blows. So I still had that feeling somewhat, but here's the thing. When I was young, I was very quiet. I didn't talk a lot. I still kind of like that. You wouldn't know it listening to me on these calls, but I don't really talk that much in my private life. But when I was younger, 
because I didn't talk much. Um, and I was a really, really strict um, Bible believer to the point where if people picked on me, I would not, I, that whole turn the other cheek thing, people would pick on me, literally. I have bullies and everything. And I would not strike them back. I just wouldn't do it. And they started calling me the F word, the faggot word, because of my strong belief in the scripture. Coming from a Christian perspective at that time, with a misunderstanding of what that meant. But I believed it with everything that I am. So they started calling me the F word. They started going around. And because I was quiet and I, I didn't believe in arguing, uh, none of that kind of stuff. And I didn't do it. They started to float that around. Well, then when they started to float that around, that's when I started to get ready to fight. <laughs> because those are just fight words when I was younger. Most certainly, if it was in, in a deposition, I'm going to address it. I would address rumors. Um, I would address these any of these false accusations as soon as I could, knowing that not everybody's going to believe the truth, but I'm always going to address it as soon as I can. Donald Trump refused he refuses to release certain things, certain paperwork. He was refusing his um, some of his staff members. He would will not allow them to testify. And he's trying to play it down. Now they have recordings that they showed. I saw this part of this today. They have recordings of him saying things on television national television at press conferences where he is admitting several things that they have accused him of that he's trying to deny now. So now the, the Republicans defense is basically this is nonsense. You don't have any real hardcore evidence. Why are we even trying to do this impeachment? You won't give us the opportunity. This is what the Republicans are saying. You won't give us the opportunity to bring forth the witnesses that we want to bring forth and put them on the record. Now, look, just let me just tell you now, I, I don't know a whole lot about this, but I'm going to just tell you this one thing that I just that I saw today. The Democrats sent over 71 requests pertaining to witnesses, pertaining to documents and everything. And the White House will not respond. And then it looks as though they're turning around. I could be wrong, but what I'm looking at is what it looks like is that they're accusing the Democrats of not allowing them to bring 
witnesses in. Therefore, this is a sham. This is a one-sided um, impeachment. So the, so the Republicans are saying, if you see the House of Representatives is, is responsible for impeachment, okay? The House is predominantly Democrat. So if you move forward, which you probably going to do because you've been trying to do this since he got in office, based on the stuff that you have here, it is it is not fair due process. Now, wait a minute. If these people have sent over 71 requests for things that you don't provide, Including for testimony, uh, those who want you want to testify, you won't provide the documents. You won't come. You Donald Trump told his attorney Rudy Giuliani, "Don't go down there to the, those hearings." What does that say? It says you're above the law. What are your thoughts, Minister Lynn? That's um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in, in his case, it's, it's pretty clear that, um, you know, his, you know, it, it's one thing to be, shall I say, passive, um, you know, as far as not rebutting a presumption. It's something completely different to take an active position to obstruct um, at every turn. And that, I think, more so than anything is what is um you know painting the 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 picture that um you know this guy's culpable for everything for for all of the claims that um you know the democrats are 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 making against him because he's actively going out uh you know trying trying to um to obstruct you know even even the uh the investigation so yeah um and that's all I got on that. Well, sisters, what if you were, were accused of bestiality? Or what, you sleeping with dogs? What if you are accused of lesbianism? What if you are accused of anything that is unlawful under the sun, according to the scriptures or otherwise, but I'm going to use the scriptures as the precedence. What if you were accused of this? How do you deal with it, sister? Hopefully you would deal with it in a righteous way. But my point to this is what this is saying to America, that Donald Trump will not yield to help prove himself not guilty. This is what it's saying. He's saying, I don't care what you do. I am above the law. I don't care about this so-called system of checks and balances that you've had in place since before me, but it doesn't apply to me.
if you have real genuine love for the country, according to you, Mr. Trump, and believe me, I never had anything against Donald Trump. Matter of fact, I was for Donald Trump before he became president. Um, so I never thought of him as a racist. I read a few of his books. I learned a lot from the man. But my point to this is, look at this lawlessness. Look at this. He's saying that he's above the law. He's acting as though he's above the law. That is a dictatorship. That is a dictator. So, so when you do anything and everything to avoid even putting up everything for your own innocence to prove your own, that makes no sense. I would be throwing everything at them to say, shut this nonsense up. I'm going before the court. I'm testifying under the pains of penalties of perjury. I'm doing whatever I have to in order to get out of this madness. So here's what is projected. This is the warning to all of those to warn all of your people. The Democrats do not look like they're going to back down. So they're trying to argue basically circumstantial evidence versus hardcore evidence, for lack of a better way to say it. But out of the mouths of two or three, let everything be established. So if somebody goes into any hearing is under oath and they testify under oath of anything, that is equal to evidence. If they have firsthand knowledge and they have seen it firsthand, that is equal to any evidence that you have. The people that Donald Trump hired to be in his cabinet, he also fired them and claimed all the corruption on them, claimed all the wrongdoings on them. And he's looking like he's doing this with Rudy Giuliani. So where you will not respect law, the absence of that respecting that checks and balances that is in place says something about what is in your heart and your spirit and your mind and your character. What do you got, Brother EK? Sure, brother. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, nature really determines the course of commerce. And so um, if one is not in harmony with the laws of nature, then commercially you produce a debt that can actually be very, very difficult to overcome. So um, in everything that we do, and especially like what we're seeing in this case with the presidency, 
Um, it just shows that no man is above the law and no man is above nature itself. And so the law was put in place to preserve the checks and balances so there would be, um, you know, justice and fairness in all commercial dealings, so to speak. And so when you have a situation that we're, that we're witnessing with the presidency in terms of how you're not really trying to absolve yourself from any perceived wrongdoing that's being claimed against you, projected against you, and not doing anything about it to make sure that you have evidence of your own to respond, then you're presuming guilt. And what you're setting the message is that anybody can conduct themselves this way and, and think that they can get away with it and makes it seem like it's okay from a morality standpoint. And that's not the right message that you want to send because across the world, other governments don't necessarily do that, right? You know, and so what, what and then, you know, there may be some governments that may do that as well, you know, but the point is, is you would really want to set the record and the precedence that it, everything starts from the leadership and trickles down to the people. So if the leaders are not really in their right state of mind, then what does that produce for a body politic as far as their own status is concerned and how they view reality and how they view morality and conduct and ethics and so on and so forth. And when you have that situation, you know, it, it really sends the wrong message that people can do whatever they want and not be held accountable. And one of the great things that we're learning in the nation is self-responsibility, self-accountability, self-correction. And that is the ultimate form of being in harmony with nature because, you know, when you're doing that, it aids in your defense whenever, you know, it always aids in your defense. And so with this situation that we're seeing, you know, it's, it's, it's really incumbent on us to understand that, you know, we want to make sure that we're setting the right examples and because you know just even on a personal level you know we all may have children and what happens if you know there's an outsider that you know accuse us of doing something we know ourselves didn't do and then our children see that and then our children is going to look to see like they get that first glimpse of how to defend themselves so if they don't get the first-hand experience and introduction of how to defend themselves from their own parent then what is the what is the landscape that we're setting for our children as well? So what you're seeing with Donald Trump is exactly that. Like, you know, the leadership is really the servants of the people. And so if the people are, you know, in lack of a better term, the sheep, and he's supposedly supposed to be the shepherd, if he has no vision, then the people most likely could perish, right? And so that's sort of the the, you know, the essence of what, what's really of what's really going on in terms of how, you know, it's in everyone's best interest to, you know, to show like why it's important to always be in harmony, you know, with law, with the law, and obviously with nature itself, and so that we're not, you know, unnecessarily transgressing and putting ourselves in more debt than we have to, you know, it's bad enough as it already is, but you know, through our reformation of our conduct and character, then those things offset itself. And so, you know, in this situation with Donald Trump, he could do the exact same thing, you know, respond, you know, or just tell the truth, you know, and not, and deal with the consequences. But because 
no one's ever really held him accountable, you know, and this is all with all due respect to the presidency, but because he was never held responsible and accountable for some of the things that he's done in the case where checks and balances within the government is a fundamental establishment, he has to answer at some point. And so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with that brother I yield. That was well put, brother. And the warning, I didn't really say it out yet, but here's the warning. The country is divided according to Donald Trump's two-sided nature. We all, a lot of Negroes don't like Donald Trump, and I understand. You know, I get it. But here's what seems, just bear with me when I say this, so you will see what you need to be looking out for. And I've looked at a number of these people that have worked for him that are now in prison. And they say that he speaks in a cold language. He doesn't say certain things, but he uses certain words in the way that you, he tells you certain things that he wants done without having to admit what it really is. So what it looks like is that he's gone in front of Republicans and every time he's in front of them, he doesn't say certain words. When he goes in front of in front of Democrats and he's dealing with them, he does say certain words. Or anybody that's nonpartisan. He does use certain words, which is cold language. So his his very nature is is ambiguous in how he speaks. But if your heart is in the right place and you have real love for your nation and your country that you're supposed to be leading, you should be eager to step forth and prove that all these allegations are not true under the pains and penalties of perjury. But rather than do that, he refuses to show up. I know the Mueller report didn't come back satisfactory for the Democrats. But now we're trying to move into law. Now, if you really think about this, even if those of you who are out there who are Republicans, just think about this. If you really have nothing to hide, why are you hiding everything necessary that will prove your innocence or your guilt? You're refraining from cooperating. You're trying to exalt yourself above the law. So the one who has exalted himself in scripture above the law was Lucifer. And when you look at the same situation of guilt or innocence or, or being not guilty, look at how he addresses it. Look at it. Just look at it. Now, here's the problem. 
they say 63 million people voted for him. They put him in office. They don't actually know because they perceived that this was tampered with. Which I believe it was tampered with, by the way. But many of his supporters are those who carry open carry weapons. A lot of racists, Nazis, skinheads, white nationalists, which if you know what was going on down down the other the was this a couple years ago, they're walking down the street openly these Caucasians were walking down the street openly saying, look, we're prepared to kill somebody out here. And they're carrying guns. So what they are afraid of, what the Republicans are saying, look, you better be damn sure that this is impeachable. Because if not, the country will not only become divided, it will become go into an all-out civil war. So what I'm saying to you is the Democrats look like they are dead set on moving forward with impeachment. I don't know if they can win or not, but it looks like it to me. But you better be ready for whether or not they impeach Donald Trump. Because his spirit and what he has put into these racists these Caucasoid racists could pop off race wars. I'm saying could. And I'm saying keep your, your eyes open. Because a lot more of them have guns and military training than do us. How do we remedy this in our immediate lives? You have to take it very seriously, working together as a body of people. You have to take it very seriously. Our brother, um, diplomatic officer, brother Robert Ben Israel, he's one that was always looking like at life and security issues. Um, if anybody speaks to him, please, you know, let him know to be thinking on on this, these lines here. <clears throat> so you got to take this seriously because a lot of them are gun-toting people. And they are just as angry as other at other nationalities as any of those racists in the Ku Klux Klan and any of those who brought our forefathers into chattel slavery. And you need to be looking out for it. And you need to be getting with a group of people 
who are moving in the right direction spiritually and commercially and in law. And you need to join up with them. Whoever you find that is fit for you, that's where you probably belong. Or if not anything else, you need to be investigating them and, and finding you a home. Because the only people that are going to get through Donald Trump <laughs> and what is to come after him are going to be those who work together. Brother Lynn. Um, uh, yeah, I, I share the same sentiment. Um, it, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's real simple. You know, you got to have a, you got to have a body politic. Um, you know, particularly, uh, we got to destroy this, this notion of um, individualism and uh, thinking that we can secure ourselves um, as individuals because, you know, those that um, try to do that, <laughs> you know, they, they, they get run over by those groups that have already come to that conclusion. I, I remember watching, um, get the name of this movie, The, the Jungle Book, and I don't know if any, anybody, you know, has seen that, but one of the things that just kind of um, stuck out at me when I saw that film, the first, first part of the movie, uh, when they were taking the main character and trying to uh, socialize him into the, uh, the, the, the wolves, you know, that was the, the particular uh, body politic, and you know, they were talking about him and saying that, uh, you know, he needs a people. <laughs> you know, even, even the animals know that. You know, nature has set it up to where, um, you know, just in your in your natural state of being, you know that um, you know you draw your your security and your your, your power um, through leverage, and that's through le leverage with your brothers and your sisters. In other words, um, the 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 pack, you know, the pack mentality, so to speak, not not a crab as opposed to a crab mentality, which is uh you know what we tend to you know sort of express, but. Yeah, it, it, the the thing is, is that um, you know we have to do it, you know, together. You know, even you know falling into this condition, you know, we didn't do that as individuals, and and we're not going to uh, come out of it as individuals. And you know, the other thing is is just to think about it uh, like this. You know, if you if you have um, you know a particular challenge in your life. Um, and you're trying to, you know, manage all of these obligations that you had thrust upon you due to your, your, your decision making, and you're trying to move forward, it's a much easier task to, um, you know, try to work together with your brother or your sisters, your relatives, um, you know, as opposed to uh, trying to figure those things out on your own. And I mean that that's really like a, a superior uh, expression of love, you know, being able to uh, being able to come together around uh, mutual benefit and mutual uh, interest, particularly with your own people. And so that's what's going to be required. I mean, when when I hear you say um, working together, 
I mean, even more fundamental than that, you know, what we're going to need to get through this is to, to actually, um, you know, have some love for one another and to actually express that, um, you know, in our conduct and behavior. I mean, that's the only thing that's going to get us through this. You know, we got to get out of the mind state that, um, you know, money, uh, you know, can is, is a silver bullet, you know, and it'll solve all of your problems. Because the thing is, is if you have healthy relationships, um, if you know how to treat people, um, if you know how to, um, you know, carry yourself and, and be uh, honorable in your dealings, you'll be able to open some doors um, just through your conduct that money would never pry open. So a lot of times, you know, those services that uh, you need and the things that you need to get done, you know, if you don't have money, I mean, so what? I mean, you can still get it done through through barter. You know, I, I have something I need to do. I have a service that I can barter. You got a service that you can barter. Let's see how we can, you know, work together to make it, um, you know, beneficial, uh, you know, for both of us, only dealing with basically my love for you and your love for me as the medium of exchange. That's what we got to move towards. So, um, yeah, I, I, I could say more on it, but I, I'll, I'll just yield on that, brother. Shalom. Shalom, brother. Yeah, man, that was beautifully put. Um, Listen, we're a little bit past the hour. I'm going to go back to EK in just a moment. But I want to say this while it's fresh on my mind because Brother Minister just said some things pertaining to money. Um, listen, a lot of you have been discouraged from dealing with groups, camps, bodies of people. So when all of this goes down, You have developed this disdain for dealing with camps, particularly in the Hebrew faith or in any organized bodies of religions. Um, we're not a religion. We're a faith. We were not given religion. We were given law, statutes, and commandments, which means this must be operated as does any government. We were given theocracy which is a government of the Almighty, by the Almighty, for the glory of the Almighty. We were not given organized religions, period. So as you look at them and you've come into this truth, now you know that you are, in fact, one of these Israelites that the scriptures talk about. But where you got your source, what was your source? Did the source discourage you from communion? Did that source discourage you from dealing with your brothers and sisters up close and personal? Did it make it so that you you have disdain for groups? That's because what they are teaching is not completely the truth. And what they are teaching is idolatry. And the idolatry is what makes them have splinter group after splinter group after splinter group. The idolatry means that they want you to worship 
according to their image and their likeness of their interpretation. And it's always personalized. It's always personalized. And you keep looking for miracles and mystical answers for things that do not require that to be answered. You, you can get all the answers from the scriptures in government, law, and in commerce. But not, that's not what you're being taught. You're being taught to be more angry, more hateful. They're, try, they're, try, they're trying to exalt themselves above you. Put men over women to the point where they abuse women and they believe it is right. In a camp, everybody's going to have different, let's say, incomes. But if we are doing this correctly and we pay tithes and dues, understand tithes 10% of your earnings, right? Now, just imagine if you go to your bank and store away 10% of your earnings. Another 10%, you go and you store away in your own personal storehouse, let's say in your garage, in your safe. This guy might be a millionaire. And if he's paying one, one of the guys in your camp, if he's paying 10% dues, I mean, uh, ties. What now? That means that's supposed to be set up. The ties specifically are supposed to be set up, not to enrich the preacher, to enrich the nation. That's what we don't understand. So he might give a thousand dollars, you might give a hundred dollars, but with two people. Y'all just tithed $1,100 with two people. Now, let's say it's only 10 people in your group. <laughs> now, when things come up like this, you have something in your group's um, storehouse. This is all in the scriptures. Everybody's supposed to tithe, including the preacher, if you did not know. E.K., what do you got? Shalom, brother. Yes, sir. Um, you know, there's power in numbers, and you can't really get through this life by yourself, you know. And it's like you had mentioned before, uh, you know, from a natural law perspective, there's already a deep-rooted level of dependency and teamwork that's embedded within us to want to, you know, build relationships, build partnerships, build alliances to be able to do uh, things in a collaborative manner. And you get further, um, you get further doing that. Uh, and I believe there's like a, a African proverb that actually talked about that. If you want <clears throat> to, excuse me, if you want to get to a destination quicker, uh um 
go with people if you want to, you know, get there slow or go by yourself, something to that effect. And that's really the whole essence of why um, it's not going to, it doesn't take one man on his own on island or one woman on her own on an island. It's really a collaborative atmosphere that we have to be building towards because, you know, as we see, you know, as as it's stated in the scriptures, you know, the end times are, uh, will be near. And if you look around, you know, the political landscape is really becoming unstable and it's really in our best interest to partner and collaborate with our brothers and sisters who are marching down the path of unison and unity and, you know, promoting love and then ultimately creating the atmosphere of peace. And that really gives us that, you know, that good favor that we would obviously have reflected back to us from the most high. So, and that's really ultimately at the end of the day, the goal of why we, you know, nation build and why we, you know, create these platforms. So, you know, as our future generations come after, they don't have to suffer. They don't have to worry about their identity being, you know, um, in, in uncertainty, like they understand who they are, where they're going, what they have to do. And, understanding what it what needs to be done to continue to you know keep the legacy you know afloat and so that's really what you know our ancestors throughout the scriptures was always trying to convey all the way down and you know unfortunately there were obviously times where you know that message didn't hit home with a lot of certain individuals and created the circumstances that we're in today unfortunately but having said that you know this is the reset uh, button in terms of right now, this time period is the paradigm for which, you know, a lot of the truth about who we are and what, and, and what is necessary to be done from both a spiritual component, from a uh, character development standpoint, from a morality standpoint, and ultimately from a lawful government perspective standpoint, all these tools are starting to be reassembled that gives us that foundation that allows us to continue to weather all the storms because we'll be on, we'll be in right favor with the Most High, you know, in doing so. It's almost as if, you know, we're re-architecting the modern day Noah's Ark where, you know, we do that and then we would be exempted from the plagues that would be hit to those who are not trying to be in favor with the Most High. So, and that's really, you know, the whole essence of why we do what we do. and and why it's really you know up to us to want to make that you know change and sacrifice to make that become a reality for all of us to share and with that brother you beautifully put brother beautifully put i want to say another thing and then we'll close and i'm going to read some scriptures <clears throat> to verify back what i'm saying i just wasn't talking about ties and um Everybody is supposed to tithe. Like, say, it, there's there's a couple of things that you that cults, these camps that are actually cults, are spreading is hatred for you being a part of a body of of people. So they give you hatred and fear. You might not feel like you hate it, but you certainly dislike it. And fear of being a part of a collective body. 
Now, if, if ants do it, if birds and bees and even trees do it, if you did not know, look it up. Trees cohabitate. Even trees do it. We're supposed to work together under the truth in a protocol, not an idolatrous. How can I say? An idolatrous cult where they want you to worship them or you want them, they want you to worship yourself. You deify yourself. Instead of just being a brother and a sister and doing good to one another. And operating in protocol, which means there are different ranks throughout the scriptures. High priest, priest, prophet, so on and so forth, ministers and all this, judges, right? There are different ranks. King. But this is not for man worship or the worship of me, and this is for protocol and government. So let's look at the difference here. Barack Obama was in office. A lot of us were happy. Some of us said this is God's doing. Some of us got didn't like him, and then, oh, this is the Antichrist now. He's the Antichrist. George W. Bush, which is the younger Bush, he was supposedly the Antichrist. His father was supposedly one. Ronald Reagan, remember that? Six, 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 six letters in Ronald Wilson Reagan, I think it was. <laughs> six letters in each of He was the Antichrist. Now Donald Trump is the Antichrist. But we don't understand the Antichrist is a state of mind that is being taught from leadership positions. So there's more than one. However, what you are being taught is to move away from your very salvation. To move away to, I'm going to just do this by myself. Because I can't stand being with these camps because these people act like this. This is too much drama going on. There's none of that drama going on in this nation. That's because what was is being taught by those camps is idolatry. <clears throat> so you don't see that collectively working together in real love gives you the power to overcome all of these things in this world. And we have a protocol. And you didn't see people, you don't see people in the government worshiping Donald Trump. They don't bow down to worship and pray to Donald Trump. Whether they like him or not, they don't do that. But you and your mind are being taught by these false prophets like and Pharisees. What the I heck like is the that? Really? Do you all hear this? <laughs> trying to disrupt, trying to disrupt the truth. Satan comes in. Jay Lee did just hung up. 
I'm trying to get this last point out. You don't see them worshiping people in government. But what we're being taught is that we're supposed to worship something or someone. The something or the someone are both idols because you're not even worshiping in the proper way. You don't even worship the those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if you got a mean, nasty, hateful, angry all the time spirit, that's because that's what you were taught. And what you were taught is false and idolatry. That's why you were taught that. That's why you were feeling that way. And they ran you away from dealing with bodies of people. And then they be then they get angry when they got the people that are are in rankings, and then they call that they'll call that out because these rankings are not proper pro protocol when you put the requirement of worship in your position, worship of you in your position. That's the problem. Did that make sense, Lynn? What I just said there? <laughs> Did that make sense? Shalom. It, it it makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, you said something in the past that um, I think illustrates the point, um, you know, in its entirety. Like if if you're out here, um, you know, you're practicing these things, um, particularly rituals, and you don't know the science behind it, you're an idolater. And that's it's just more evidence of the same thing. I mean, we, you know, we're the confusion is coming in because we don't understand the science behind self-government because we hadn't done it in at least 400 years. And, you know, something else that you said that, um, you know, I just wanted to comment on because this was always one of my, um, one, of, one of the, I would say, the thoughts that sort of pierced my consciousness e even as a youth um, because, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and it was a it was a small church. Um, it was in a uh, in a community in North Florida, and you know it was it was an indigent community. But the street that uh, that the church was on, there were about seven churches on the same street within a two mile span, and it's probably less than that. I'm just guesstimating. It's about two miles. So my thoughts were always, I mean, but, but when, when I first began to reason with this, I had to be probably not even 10 years. But I thought about it, it was like we always had this, it was one way into the community and one way out, and we had to pass by all these churches before we got to ours. And I just would say what would happen if everybody decided to worship at the same church? I mean, that would be, you know, that, that, wouldn't that be something? But it never dawned on me that the reason for the splintering was that was the fact that everybody was dealing with a, a, a degree of mental illness that that barred um, that unification from from ever occurring. So, you know, just you even speaking on that, um, it allowed me to to relate back to um, what I witnessed as a child in a different way. So, um, you know, I appreciate it, brother. I you. 
Praise the Lord. So imagine you don't worship politicians, Sorry, right? Hold on one moment. Very interesting that on a day like this, what we're talking about, this is happening. You don't go and cast a vote for the mayor and worship the mayor. You don't view, you just don't do that. That's not something that's commonly done. It's not taught. It's not, the United States government is wicked as, as many wicked people as they have in there. They don't tell you to worship them. They don't encourage you. They don't educate you to worship them. They ask you to come make a clear and concise decision who is best qualified based on the platforms that they present before you, who is best qualified for the position. They, they don't encourage you to worship them. But yet, the church, with all due respect, which I still love. There's plenty of people in the churches that I love with all that I am. Even some of them that are in the wrong churches. But yet the church, which has an electoral system. Do, do you all realize all churches have electoral systems? <laughs> that they can even vote the pastor out. Because it's an ecclesiastical government. It just is under the Roman Catholic government. I don't care if you're Baptist, Apostolic, Second Baptist, whatever. You know, Episcopalian, Lutheran. It's all under the ecclesiastical government of Rome, which is the Roman Catholic Church, and the emperor of Rome, the modern-day Rome, is the Pope. And if you don't know this, go back and listen to some of our podcasts. He's sitting on what he is claiming to be the throne of David, which was preserved for the one that the world knows of as Jesus, or at least that's what they think. The world thinks. But in reality, this throne that's supposed to govern the whole planet is supposed to be under one government. One government, like what they've done is they've brought, they've brought in the one world government. They brought in the one world monetary system and you all do not see it. The one world monetary system is the electronic money. <laughs> It's fiat script. There's only two forms of money. There's fiat, which is counterfeit money, from the real money, which is gold and silver and precious metals and stones and, and labor. That's the real money. But the counterfeit money is the plastic, the paper. But, but your mind is so deep into that that it is hard for you to break it. So I'm saying... We're not, this is what camps 
chase you off from because they want to be worshipped. That's why these camps keeps being split. That's why you left these camps. You hold on to the truth. But see, the damage that the idolatry from these camps that, that has been done to you has to be healed. So you got to give yourself time or you got to get with the right people and be able to discern the spirit. Do they put a spirit of hatred upon you? Do they put a spirit of bigotry upon you? Are you so disconnected, calling yourself getting into the, the almighty that you hate with a pure hate everything outside of you? You're not going to like the worldliness. No, you shouldn't. But you have so much hate that you got to judge everybody. You become overly critical. You become just a fanatic with criticizing, finding fault in everybody but you. This same thing comes from your religions. It causes you to not even be able to be in a relationship with, with a significant other. Because that Lucifer vibe of wanting to be worshipped is on you and in those churches. You don't see it, but it's on the preachers. They want the, they want the congregation to worship him. What about if we just did all this thing in governmental form like we're supposed to do? Meaning that there's going to be different rankings. Let me just use common language. There would be people that operate like mayors and governors and, and presidents. That's how you can commonly understand it. But if you if there's mayors and governors and presidents in your quote unquote church, would this take the different pastors, assistant pastors, assistant ministers, put them in a ranking protocol, just look at this, a ranking protocol of government where they're not being worshipped and neither is that preacher being worshipped and you operate collectively like that, then you should be able to automatically see the difference. Automatically see the difference. That's how you can see it. And once you see that, then you'll be able to, once you get past that, then you'll be able to know that whoever the pastor is or the preacher or the minister or the rabbi or whomever, you have to know their spirit and lead, be led by the same spirit that they are led by, which is going to produce more love and more prosperity in your life and make you directly connected with the almighty. You still get guidance from your teachers and your leaders but you're not being taught to worship them. Therefore, you don't have anything to run from and want to get away from because they're not trying to be misogynistic. They're not trying to exalt themselves, like these men trying to exalt themselves above women. No, we have different roles in different places and we respect one another. If you hear what I'm saying and you think this will help people that you know, please share it. But you better be prepared for if Trump gets impeached, you better be prepared for the other side and those racists. You better be prepared. Thank you all for listening. All praises to the Most High Almighty. Shalom.
Shalom. Shalom.